Well, I would say we are ready to get our Tom Cruise on, but hangovers say otherwise. So we decided to do a primer on cocktails and nurse our hangovers the only way that matters, with some alcohol. It's the last of our New Year's sessions, so come in and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. <laughs> so, this says. is... I was waiting for that to go awry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how's everybody doing? We're good. Little, little nasally over here. Uh, Casey... Yeah, over here as well. <laughs> Where could it have come from? I, I don't know. Could it have been the the guy who was sick on New Year's Eve? A uh, little time traveling going on today. Uh, so the first part of this is re- recorded in the present, whereas the well, the past just well, yeah. the, the the more recent past. the more recent the past, yeah. And then the actual topic was recorded New Year's Day on a Good Hangover. Yeah, we thought it'd be fun to record with us, you know, just ruined. <laughs> just ruined. Turn, turns out it wasn't. It wasn't fun. It wasn't a good idea. <laughs> I, feel I mean, I got to make some, some breakfast cocktails, so. Well, my hangover truly set in in the middle of us recording. Like, I woke up <laughs> and I was like, ah, I don't, I'm, I'm all right. Let's just go ahead and do this. And then I sat down and we started recording. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Mine, mine came later that day, as we've as we've discovered. Yeah, you're scientifically uh, <laughs> a little odd well, with the hangover. It's usually because I keep drinking later until like it's like two, three, four, five in the morning sometimes. Right. So the hangover doesn't kick in till around you know noon or three. <laughs> oh, but, we also want to put a quick apology because the second half of this will probably be super quiet as the last two episodes were because we're still working out some kinks with the new way we're doing things yeah we we i guess there were some issues with something happened in the transition and for our our our, some of the new setups we were trying and uh i guess it'll be fun going forward it was just some growing pains i guess but the content was too good to just lose yeah uh, plus, we had a lot of fun recording them. It would be a shame just to say, nope, sorry, just throw that away. No one gets did, that. No one. And I did not want to get that drunk again just to redo it. Oh, God, them. yeah. Redo. Although I considered it. I considered, like, 
like, all right, fine, we'll do do a blow by blow repeat. I will I will listen to this with the sound cranked all the way up and just write down my words and just do them on cue. Well, I had backups of all the beers until last night, so it would have been <laughs> doable. <laughs> but then there was a bottle share, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, we lost a few more bottles. <laughs> It was a lot of good beer. A lot of good beer drink uh drank on New Year's though. It's a lot of fun. I don't think we've gotten to talk since then about how much fun we had. No, yeah, or the true. things uh, that we drank off air that we dove into, oh. like the uh that lizard of cause. We were all pretty far oh. gone, but we weren't really we didn't discuss it much. We just like drank that and then everyone else smartly was like, ourselves. Well we're going we're gonna pass out and then me and Bob were like, no, we want to go record things. I feel like that's usually how things go, Chris. Everyone's like, no. You know what? We have stuff to do in the morning. We're like, we're going to live forever. <laughs> they were like, that's what I was like. No, I've got this bottle of blot out the sun. Let's crack this baby open. <laughs> and then we crawl in here, and they will hook us up to start recording things. We so, were going to have another recording with us just... Just hammered. Just gone. Minimum, minimum two and a half sheets to the wind. <laughs> yeah. It would have. I think it would have been funny, but instead oh. we came in here in it, the dark and watched Jury teach Angela how to play uh, Hearthstone. Yeah. Complete. He, he was hammered. He was too. I'm just saying it would have been comedy gold, and you all missed out of a potential episode. Hmm. You can blame them. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, anything else cool happened in the last couple of days? Uh, yesterday I had that, uh, little bottle share, me and Jim get together every now and then and, Man. uh, uh, traded a few things and tried them. Uh, I had, I had scored bottles a... with Jim. <laughs> hey, I share multiple bottles with you guys. Come on. I know I, you do. I'm <laughs> saying like, I never get to go up and be like, no, let's go drink with Jim. He seems like a cool guy. <laughs> but, uh, we had, I've gotten my hands on a bottle of, uh, Michigan maple, maple Jesus. Yeah, that's uh, Evil Twin brewed at Dark Horse. Oh, giving it the Michigan, and oh, it was I'm all a tingle <laughs> of the maple bourbon barrel stuff I've had so far. I'm, I'm not going to try uh, CBS from Founders, the Canadian breakfast stout, but I'm imagining it would be something like this because most I've had uh, IPAs and things from Maple Barrels right now. And like that. light ales and things, and they're really good. But finally, getting a good stout, like it, the full well, body hope, with it, was so good. I was unaware they were doing maple barrel, I uh, pale ales and the like. Oh yeah, um, nice. Yeah, stone. That sounds that sounds wonderful. I may have a bottle of one hanging around from Stone still. <laughs> that was pretty mm. good because <laughs> I grabbed two. Because you never, like, when those thing, kind of things hit the shelf, they just, like, fly off, and then you never I'll, see them. <laughs> I'll see you in 20. <laughs> but uh, of the share last night, uh, the big ones of note, uh, I loved the uh, Michigan Maple Jesus. Fantastic. And Jim had gotten his hands on a bottle of uh, Crack the Sky from Three Floyds, Imperial Stout, uh, done with Mastodon, the metal group. Oh, yeah, that smelled really good. Yeah, Brittany was sitting there I smelling. Didn't try any, so she was smelling all the beers, but it really reminded me of uh, the Worldwide Stout. Oh God, it yes. was that malty. I was just like, oh, oh no, this is me likey. Man, yeah, but that that Worldwide Stout is something special. It, that much malt belongs in all beer. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. So yeah, that's recently those two 
kind of well, made an impression. I'm glad uh, it went well for you. Um, right after Chris, or not after Christmas, but after uh, New Year's, we did go up to uh, your your local really good bottle shop. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Cappies, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, and. I figured out why they didn't have anything on the shelves when we went up there or anything because a week later they're suddenly like, Hey guys, look what we just did is a shelf of like some of the rarest, best beers of the year. And there's like, they're up, no holds, come get them. (laughs) They were, they were just waiting for us to leave and they started putting them up immediately afterwards. I'm convinced. Probably. So when we, when we were up there, um, one of the things that they did pop up on that, that special in cap was uh, some Dreyfontaine, which was, uh, you know, really good holly sod after sour beers. Um, but one of the, I dug around in some of their shelves and found a Dreyfontaine, uh, Old Creek, uh, crack the the, basically a lambic that's aged on cherries. Hmm. So, paid a pretty penny for it up there, but uh, got back and opened that sucker up. Uh, was from. 2014, so February 2014, so we're going on, what, three years now? They're supposed to age like 10 years. Yeah. Oh. Open it up, no carbonation at oh, all. No, oh, no, no. The beer's like flat, and uh, I mean, it's got a good flavor to it and everything, but the car- without carbonation, that beer is just nothing. Yeah. Been there. <laughs> so I was like, wow, that, that stinks. But, uh, but yeah, so... Sad day. I'm sorry about that. Holy crap! Yeah, that. Just... Oh no! I mean, like, it, I was just surprised to find it on the shelf. Uh, it could have been a bad bottle from straight from the brewery. So, right, could have been, but jeez, oh, that's just awful. It's like the Listerman thing all over again. <laughs> yeah. Oh. God, that. Let's not talk about that. That was a bad night. <laughs> that, that night. Yeah. First, so. I need something to cheer me up. We have any news? We do. We do have a bit of news. This should cheer everyone up. Uh, Disney World is now allowing booze at all the theme parks. It's finally happening. Yeah, so for the for the uninitiated, uh, the happiest place on Earth. It's going to be uh, the drunkest place on Earth. Yeah, it, the only place you used to be able to get a drink was at Epcot, and that's because the at the World Showcase, all the countries serve beer from all the countries, like iconic yep. beers. Never and, been to Epcot. Really? In fairness, I was I was a small child the last time I went to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Fair um, enough. Uh, small children, not that interested in them. In Epcot, it used to be like the adult theme park because you could go there and get drunk. But now, uh, beer will be everywhere. Uh, the world's busiest theme park is ready to carefully ramp up its alcohol offerings. Uh, Disney's Magic Kingdom will introduce carefully curated beer and wine options at several of its restaurants come Friday. This is kind of an old one. It's already started. <laughs> Uh, it was a pretty big deal when the park's Be Our Guest restaurant opened in 2012, and with its menu complete with a few adult beverages to accompany its upscale dinner service, uh, Walt Disney, who passed away 50 years ago, was adamant that alcoholic beverages not be served at Disneyland. And that wish well, carried... he's going to be really mad when we defrost him. <laughs> right? Or I think we put he... his head on a robot body, he's going to be super mad. <laughs> That wish carried over to Disney's Magic Kingdom when it opened five years after his death. Subsequent parks have strayed from that mandate, but outside of the Elite Club 33 membership uh, club at Disneyland and Be Our Guest at Disney's Magic Kingdom, the two theme parks have remained dry destinations. Is Club 33 the place that, like, like these, these secret little 
drinking spots in Disney. It's, yes. It's That's a what secret I'm club. Of. I mean, it's a secret, but not secret. It's like you have to know somebody to get in. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, you have to have a paid membership to get into Club like, 33. And I don't – everything I look up, it's like everyone goes, I don't know how you get a membership. but Yeah, you can't just like sign up. I mean, you may have an idea how you get a membership, but it's it's going to require you to do some acts that are illegal still in a few repressive <laughs> states. I I mean, I think it's like the Magic Castle. Like everybody knows it exists, but you can't just like waltz in. You Wait, know? you can get into the Magic Castle? Huh? Yeah, I did not know that. You can. Why would you want to get into something that's about like you know, two inches tall? <laughs> so it's a lot uh, of mirrors that make that thing look big. I had to I had to do the the research here and try to figure out. So according to this, they will normally not disclose where you are on the wait list, but they may express an approximate wait time in years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know that you usually have to wait for someone to die to get in. Pretty much thirty three. So I, okay, I saw that. So Jennifer Goodwin, who plays Snow White on Once Upon a Time, who is like the biggest Disney kid. She can't even get into the club. She's like been harassing Disney since she got the role. <laughs> like, Is that on the ABC? She yeah, she works for yeah, Disney. She works for Disney <laughs> and can't get in. Uh, she's freaking Snow White and can't get in the club. So whatever. Uh, man, I'm gonna go to Disney World. Right. But at the same it's time, kinda... it's also like nine dollars a beer. Like it's it's right. kind of ridiculous. We save up some money. We're going sometime in the fall. Yeah, it's gonna be a thing. Definitely. All right, uh, limiting beer and wine sales hasn't been an impediment to Disney's success in the past. I wouldn't really imagine. Disney World's <laughs> Magic Kingdom is the only park uh, in the planet to top 20 million annual guests. Disneyland is the world's second most visited park in the world. I, I want to be like, oh, there's too many worlds in that sentence. But no, no, they're, they're <laughs> accurate. <laughs> Entertaining 18.3 million guests last year, according to the industry tracker, Themed Entertainment Association. The addition of beer and wine should help increase Disney's revenue-generating potential, but it was doing just fine before the Magic Kingdom starts uncorking wine bottles and pulling on beer taps late this week. So that's, I mean, it was doing fine. It can always do better. But now it will be doing lush. <laughs> All right. I'm, I, I, I don't know. Now I'm just thinking of young Frankenstein just going, Put another red! <laughs> I don't know why. Don't know why that that popped in my head. <laughs> no, I like it. Um, some other big news coming around. Uh, a shy has bought. Is that how we decided it said a shy? I have yes. no idea. It looks like Asahi or something. Asahi, a shy, Asai. A... It's Japanese, isn't it? Japan's yeah. Asahi Group Holdings uh, said it will buy five Eastern European beer brands from Anheuser Busch, Imbev. Uh, for 7.3 billion euros, or 7.8 billion U.S. dollars, in the largest purchase of a foreign beer operation by a Japanese brewer. AB InBev has agreed to sell the brands, uh, which include Czech market leader Pilsner or Kel, uh, Poland's Tiski, and... I would say Cricket. <laughs> I would say Tiski. Tiski? I don't, I don't know, because usually if it's going to be Tis, it would be T-S. Uh, yeah, Tiski. Uh, and Litcher and Hungary's Dreyer, Dreyer, yeah, sure. Dreyer, uh, to, <laughs> to help clearance uh, from competition regulators for its one hundred billion dollar takeover of Saab Miller. Uh, the deal, expected to close in the first half of next year, would be Asahi's biggest acquisition and its latest purchase in Europe. 
where it has already bought Saab Miller, Western European brands, uh, Peroni, and Grosch. There's a lot of these brands that, like, foreign brands that I actually recognize. Yeah. Yeah, well, oh, like, yeah. Not, we not do. Every one of them, but, you know, Pilsner or Kell. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these are imported into the U.S., and you can, like, they are found all over the world. Right. But this is uh, kind of something we had talked about in the past that was going to come because there's no way regulators were going to let them keep all their brands. We thought it was going to be the other way, though, wasn't it? Because like we thought it was going to be like U.S. regulators were like, "No, you can't have all of these." But yeah, it's been. They were like, "Yeah, sure, whatevs." <laughs> Meanwhile, out in Europe, they're like, "Nope, nope, you sell <laughs> some of this." Right. Uh, yeah, the. This is, a, this is sort of a big deal. At the same time, I'm just like, first first they came for the bourbon, <laughs> and I said nothing. <laughs> now they... they're buying up the beer. But it was in Europe, so I didn't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> then they came for the craft. Oh, oh God. Like, not, that and, would be a thing, I guess. Uh, you know, Japanese companies, if they started buying up craft breweries, they'd be like, I mean, if you're still going to make them and they're still going to distribute here, I don't care. Which is kind of as just long as, our, get, our as long as point. nothing stops me from getting my beer or gets me more beer, I'm generally going, yeah, okay, more and, power and to you, whatever. Beer that doesn't just taste like Budweiser. Yeah, and yeah. we'll talk about uh, another effect uh, shortly about <clears throat> from these buy-ups and sell-offs that have occurred that's actually going to get some brands that are quite good out there into more markets. Uh, but first, uh, the Asian brewer wants to offset slow growth in its home market and has sought to justify paying a higher price for overseas acquisitions based on the cost benefits it would extract and the ability to use the brands to boost its international sales. That's all he said in a statement that the acquisition will lift its overseas sales as a proportion of total sales to nearly a quarter from 16% in October. Not, uh, not a bad outlook. No, no, and that that seems actually probably reasonable. And you know, it's a huge investment up front, but like revenue they'll have to make off of this, you know, in Germany, in you know, oh, those yeah. other countries, uh, all, all over the world. Check, yeah. Well, well, no, I'm saying like, like just thinking about what they're going to make in those in those markets. You know, like in the Czech market, in the Polish market, in the Hungarian market. They'll make a lot of money off that just to start with. Well, did I read this correctly in that they're buying these brands for the entire world? Like they're they're buying they can export this correct these brands, yes, whatever. So I yeah, think they can yeah, all over the world. They would like Kozner Raquel alone is probably worth. Oh yeah, probably by late this year. If you if you're buying Pilsner or Kell, it's still gonna be brewed in the same place, but it's now gonna be a Japanese company that will be making it. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I know that one's definitely in in the U.S. And if that goes with the the if we all read this again correctly, that um, yeah, Peroni and Grolsch, uh, those two are another two. I mean, they're they're no. Uh, Corona, but they're still definitely up there in the uh, high-end import market. Uh, that oh, yeah, you can get Corona it in, in the high-end import market. Uh, okay, not high-end, but yes, <laughs> there you go. No, Sorry, Grolsch. that's just personal bias about Corona. I don't care for it. Everyone knows Grolsch. Like, you can see that label in your sleep. You just hear it, and you see the 
you know, you the can flip see the top letters. bottles. Yeah, those flip tops. That's how everyone recognizes it. Yeah, that's. I mean, this is this is sort of a big deal. It almost makes up for the fact that I have to keep hearing about this deal. <laughs> almost. I thought we were done. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. We're never done with ABMF. Never. <laughs> I mean, we could try to be. But yeah, so that's. No, I mean, we, this... we, we don't have to. I'm just making a joke because I'm sure someone out there is like, I thought this deal was done. I thought the news about this was over. Here we are. It's just another deal that it's caused. I mean, it's not like this is going to have lingering effects for years to come. Like a lot yeah, of these w- sell-offs and buy-ups and everything. It's going to keep happening because of this. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of the article, I was just looking at it's going into their uh, figures that they're projecting and hoping this is going to cure. Because uh, Asahi shares fell as much as 6.4% after the report before closing down 4.6% with market uh, market participants pointing to investors' nerves about how the deal would be funded. Oh, oh, like they, they, so it dropped after they announced the deal. That's yeah. interesting. Well, like it, that's, if it if they've over leveraged and have too much, um, yeah, too much debt, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, that's not a thing I initially thought of, but yeah, they could. They, there is a chance they probably could have spent too much for for everything, but I mean, they won't know until it crashes. <laughs> We'll find out soon enough. So, uh, quick uh, off-topic question here. Who all's ever enjoyed a shower beer? Personally, never. Never I I don't don't drink while I'm showering. I don't discourage it in in principle. It's just... My beer is cold. My shower is ridiculously hot. See, okay. That is the problem. Molten lava hot. You're you have a full beer. I have I have I I can only stand in there so long before I have to step back out of the wor- path of the water because my skin has turned red from burning. <laughs> right. It's it's a problem. Your beer gets warmed up. You're getting soap in there. I I mean we all now know. You consider the soap. Know the struggles. <laughs> you're getting the hot water that ends up going in there as well. You just can't avoid it. But a company has now decided to make an official shower beer. Yes, for too long, we've all struggled with finishing an entire 12 ounces of beer while we're in the shower, slowly sipping away in a near catatonic fugue state. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, uh, the idea of a shower beer is a universal thing, I think. Uh, Frederick Tundel, founder of Pang Pang Brewery in Sweden, a nation that's also been the victim of Russia. Jesus. Okay, that's 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 getting off. Okay, off the topic we cover. This is from AV Club, and I cut out like I just skipped the first paragraph because it's just a big political ranting, and now they just infuse it throughout this article. In fairness, they are talking about issues that are things that Swedish people should be concerned about. But it's it not... is, however, not things that we need to cover for this show. <laughs> Looking Don't get through... me wrong. White nationalism, scary topic. <laughs> All right. Not a thing I want to talk about on, on, on Have a Drink. No. This is so weird, this article. 
<laughs> yeah. I am just like, no, no, what I've got, the... like, I've got to read the, this the way it, right? So the beer is heavily hopped with citra hops, right? It has a citrusy, soapy, and somewhat herbal profile, adds Tunadol. And then a comma, a comma, and the next sentence, or the next oh. run on of this is Trump wants to, wants no, 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 to know the vaccine it's, causes it's, it's, holy autism. Christ. Yeah, it's like, holy Christ. Trump wants to know. Trump once noted vaccine-causing autism conspiracy theorist Robert F. <laughs> Kennedy Jr. to chair a committee of vaccine safety. Can't we even get a semicolon there? <laughs> Those have no. nothing to do with each other. Shouldn't be okay. in the same paragraph, let alone the same sentence. Nobody has From... no has how to use semicolons. No, no, no. no. <laughs> they do. It's used to to join two clauses that without having the two separate independent clauses without having to use uh, a con, uh, conjoining conjunctive okay. uh, conjunction. Just because That's you're being fancy right now. Like, <laughs> Uh, no. From an Onion article, this is exactly what I expect. Right. And then you have to realize, oh, it's not from the Onion. It's from AV Club, which I want to boycott Club, them now. AV Club, which is a spinoff yeah, of the Onion. Yeah, they're a subsidiary, I guess, or whatever. The yeah. it, it was originally like just part of the Onion, but now it's, you know. Oh. Uh, no, this the, the writing on this doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> all right, but the actual beer is hashtag shower beer. Uh, 10% alcohol by volume. Uh Citra hop, so it's going to be nice and uh, citrusy. <laughs> and this this article has been everywhere. Yeah, like, you absolutely everybody has been all over this thing. Like the normals are been like, have you heard of the shower beer? <laughs> okay, uh, I was telling him at, you know when we were getting ready for the show about one of my coworkers like looks at me one day because her son uh, was talking to her on the phone. He's like, oh yeah, no, I was just finishing up a shower beer, and she was like, do you know what the heck that is? What's a shower beer? <laughs> Oh yeah, shower beer. You, know, you go in the shower, have some beer. She's like, "Why is this a thing?" I don't know. It's just a, she she gets all like, "No, this is nuts. This is this is something some French thing that you, you know you and maybe a couple of your friends have heard of." She turns over to my manager and she says, "You have you heard about this shower beer?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, shower beer. Totally a thing." <laughs> uh, it brought me such joy. I was like, "Yeah, no, it's the it's cure a for a long day." It really is. It, you just feel it tastes like freedom. You you're in what? there and you, you know take what? a big drink inspired. of it and you're just like, ah, America. This has inspired me. After, uh, but, but before the next show, I will have one shower beer. All right. You'll you'll know the, the true curse of a full beer. This is amazing. In the, in the lower part of the article, one note of warning. Shower beer is bottled in glass which could lead to it slipping and breaking, causing you to step in the shards and feel something again. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I can feel things. Did we mention that it is half the size of a normal beer? Yeah, it's smaller. Oh, um, yeah, yep. you can't tell that from the picture at all. No, that's the, the best. small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best part about it is because it's an actual size that you can finish while in the shower instead right. of being done showering and you're like, I still have half a beer. <laughs> It's still kind of an alcoholic deal, though, you know? You say that, like, like I don't... Oh, never mind. I probably could chug a, chug a beer in the shower. I don't know. Find out. <laughs> Everyone Tune hit us up on Twitter if you like to enjoy a shower beer. Come on, Tune let us next, know. Tune in next time for Justin's shower beer expose. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, uh, as Vice reports, the initial run of shower beer proved so popular in its Swedish homeland that it's currently considering becoming a permanent offering, though not yet in America. Oh. Where we could use a goddamn shower beer or three right now. Jeez. 
Man, this article. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That's my bad. So let's let's wash that out with a little untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, All right. All right. So our first untapped badge is Southern Tears Imperial Ginger Beer. Hmm. I like me some ginger. Big old red. I can, I can go with for some ginger on the right day. Taking ginger beer to the next level. Southern Tears Imperial Ginger Beer is a brand new concoction combining fresh, grated ginger, a dash of red pepper flakes, agave syrup, and lime. I don't know how I feel like the dash of red pepper, but uh, you know what? I'm going to go with it. The lime at uh, least sounds intriguing. Uh, hopped with both Cascade and uh, Willamette? Willamette. Willamette. Willamette hops. The balance between spicy and citrus and mild sweetness comes together perfectly. This beer blurs the lines between craft beer and cocktails. Mm. Eh. Although, convenient considering today's topic. Um, yes. True. <laughs> enjoy this refreshing, crisp, yet spicy new brew, and you can unlock a brand new badge. Check into one southern tier uh, imperial ginger beer brewed with lime and agave between January 12th and February 12th, and the Moscow Mule of Beer badge is yours. Uh, I see what they did there. Okay. <laughs> and note the lack of the year in this, in this article <laughs> post. They've, they've learned their lesson. This is... Although... I don't know. They're probably not going to continue this, you know, like next year. No, it's, this is the month of, of ginger beer. Yeah. <laughs> Every year this month. <laughs> See? All right. See how we turn that around? <laughs> we're always going to make make fun of their, their, their use of years. Because we're just jerks. <laughs> well, I am. I don't know about the rest of you guys. So moving on to uh, the next badge here um, from a now, unfortunately, but still a good brewery, but now unfortunately owned by, uh, I believe, ABM Bev, uh, Devil's Backbone Brewery. So uh, the Vienna Lager experienced the taste and tradition of Vienna Lager from Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. With amber-colored good looks and a smooth, malty finish, it blends color and flavor perfectly without heaviness or bitterness Bitterness, like the evolution in Munich's Oktoberfest beers that the style inspired, Devil's Backbone's Vienna Lager, has evolved over the years into the award-winning beer it is today. Which, yeah, it is. It's taken uh, first place at the Great uh, Great American Beer Festival a couple years, actually. So it is an excellent beer. Um, Get your hands on this traditionally inspired brew. Enjoy its lagered perfection. And you can unlock two brand new badges. So really weird setup, I thought, on the badges here. There's two badges. Yeah. You get one for the first one you drink and one for the second beer you drink. So get a six-pack, essentially. (laughs) Uh, Check into a total of two to get both badges between January 12th and February 19th. Again, no year. Um, Okay, so yeah, the ABN Bev thing, we talked about this before. It sucks, but after trying this beer, I'm kind of happy because if if it gets their beer out of just Virginia... Whatever. Do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, just, you know, I, I just think like, oh, yeah, no, I could use some more of a uh, Vienna lager in my life. Right. Yeah, it sucks. It was right before the acquisition that I finally got to try some. Yeah. And it was like, I tried it, like, oh, that's great. You have to, I've got to find more of this. And then it was like, and they just sold. <laughs> but again, I mean, they sold. They didn't close doors. Yeah. They, you could still get that beer. Yeah, and if yeah. they if the ABMF thing allows them to distribute to Ohio or Kentucky or 
you know, somewhere else at least closer to us, hooray. Yeah, as long as it doesn't affect the beer's quality, I'm good with it. Right. And and they haven't, honestly, they still haven't messed with a ton of people yet as far as their buyouts are concerned. Yeah. They're too busy fighting with Miller. Yeah. Right. Like, if we could just keep this going, it'll be an Apple-Samsung situation. <laughs> <laughs> too busy just trying to make sure that they can buy them properly. Yeah. Soon, the Eye of Sauron will turn on to the craft beer world. Mm, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, final badge is uh, it's kind of an update on a badge that I thought already existed, but um, it's the Hop Slam Ale from Bell's Brewery. Uh, it's the 2017 version of the badge, of course. And um, it's brewed with six different hop varietals and culminating its. Whoop. What does that say? If. Just if. If. Well, no wonder I got tripped up. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's not a real word, it turns out. Um, okay, so... Okay. It's a with. lisp. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's written with a lisp. Culminating if a math of... Dr- <laughs> okay, let's try this again. If a math of dry hop and thick home hops and... <laughs> <laughs> Read it like you're Mike Tyson. <laughs> no, I can't. Or, like... Yeah, no, I, I did Leon Phelps. <laughs> That's the who I was thinking of. <laughs> okay. It's um, a Simcoe hops and spell <laughs> hot slam ale. Oh, jeez. Okay, so yeah. Dry hop edition of Simcoe Hops Bell's Hop Slam Ale has one of the most complex hopping schedules of any beer they produce. The Pacific Northwest hop varieties used are selected specifically for their aromatic qualities, giving Hop Slam a blend of grapefruit, stone fruit, and floral notes. Adding to the complexity of this brew is a generous malt bill and the addition of Michigan honey to keep the balance in check. While technically a double IPA, Hop Slam is a remarkably drinkable brew, sure to please any hop lover's palate. So um, this one is, um, the, so the 2017 badge you can get to by checking into one Hop Slam Ale from Bell's between January 6th and February 6th. Wow, just like a solid month there. <laughs> so this yeah, has no, already started. Time's running out, though. It started. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we're quickly approaching February. Uh, the release just happened. They, this week is when you've started to be able to find it. I think our local release is going to be Monday. Mm. So I'm going to go down. I'll at least get uh, some of it there. I don't know if they'll have cans for sale, but it's going to be on tap. I assume there'll be cans for sale. So yeah, mm-hmm. everyone, go get your hop slam. Go out and slay. <laughs> if you want to jam. Should have found that. <laughs> All right. Uh, it, it was so close. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't let it go. All right. Uh, you guys are in for. I want to say a treat, but uh, good luck Something. on your mission. Uh, past us, we're assholes. <laughs> yeah. Generally, that's usually the case for me. And very groggy and hungover. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna give it to two weeks ago us. So. Hope you guys enjoy. I'm drunk. You're drunk. Everybody's drunk. All right. All right, guys. So uh, it was it was a fun night. It was. We're yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> We're no... <laughs> not as bad as the last time I was up here, but I'm dying. We're not fine. No one's fine here. <laughs> How are you? How are you? How are you? <laughs> Please send help with a leave. So this <laughs> is. A brief discussion of cocktails. We're like a cocktail primer. Yeah. We'll, we'll revisit this to go in depth later. You know, when our brains function. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, we are recording this New Year's Day, just after the streamathon and recording of other things that you've already enjoyed. Hopefully. 
and we're all a little, <laughs> uh, a little hungover. It's fine. I'm, I've got some hair. The something else that bit me. <laughs> dog doesn't seem large enough. Well, the, the some, wildebeest or the dire wolf. <laughs> some nice salty garnished drinks right now. So yeah. All right. Uh, where are we going? <laughs> I don't know. I've forgotten. How do we do? How do we podcast? I don't know either. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, gotta say, don't like hangovers, but a cocktail usually will uh, will help with that. So it could. What is a cocktail? What is a cocktail? A a cocktail. Well, there's a, there are a couple different ways you can you can say what it is. Uh, there's there's different answers that have been over the years. The older answer was that uh, the word uh, the word came from New Orleans, where it was derived from the French word coquetel. That's what I'm guessing. It looks a lot like cocktail. <laughs> you did this to yourself. Yep. Uh, an egg cup that was uh, ser- used for serving drinks. Uh, there was also a story of a drink being decorated by a cock's tail. A cock being a chicken. I was going to say, so is this kind of like you were telling us about the uh, uh, Bloody Mary garnished with an entire chicken? Hmm. No, although, man, I want that whole fried chicken right now. I know, right? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, let's see, the cocktail, and it was served in celebration of Soldiers of a Revolution by Betsy, uh, Soldiers of the Revolution by Betsy Flanagan. There's also even reference to it in Mexico being stirred with cola de gallo, a cocktail. All right, then. Well, today they would typically say that a cocktail is used to describe a collective group of mixed alcoholic drinks that we see in bar menus around the world. Uh, there's a point when they were even more incorrectly, call, incorrectly called martini lists. And martini is sort of a cocktail. It's, it's, it's a, it is a, a alcoholic drink, although, and you do mix a couple of drinks together, you would probably qualify it as a cocktail, but uh, not everything that is a martini would necessarily be a cocktail. There are different types, you know. That's where you get like your Cosmos, where you get your, uh, uh, uh or the other ones I'm trying to think of, Pixie Stick Martinis. Mm. Uh, Anything that's kind of served up after it's been shaken over ice. Lemon, dro- lemon drops. Yep. I don't know what these things are. <laughs> uh, they, coming from the woman in the group, as I just described, three of the girliest drinks I can think of. I have Apple no tini. idea. Yeah. Apple Teeny. I've I've had one of those. Yeah. Say, like, I trained her right. <laughs> I'm saying apple teenies are delicious. I don't don't judge me. Uh I don't get them a lot, but you know. Uh anyway, a uh uh yeah, in the the Oh yeah, Manhattan. That would be another one that would be typically served up. Mm. And that's something you would use bitters in. Mm. Bitters is usually a key for for a lot of good good cocktails. Mm. Especially when you start using some of the the crazy crazy flavored uh flavored bitters uh but let's see where else do we go uh the hospitality industry has taken a giant leap forward in relearning the knowledge of the subject in the past 10 to 15 years and most professionals and informed bartenders now understand that a cocktail is something to be made with spirit water sugar and bitters Mm. all right um 
So it turns out the actual answer, though, for the cocktail, uh, it's a well-known fact that the word cocktail was first defined in 1806 by the Balance and Columbian Repository of Hudson. Yeah. Uh, um, Very reputable magazine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a stimulating liquor composed of any kind of sugar, water, and bitters, vulgarly called a bittered sling. Hmm. Most cocktail aficionados might recognize that formula from drinks such as the old say that one. Sazerac. <laughs> Sazerac. Sure. The, yeah, that the old fashioned is typically considered the proto cocktail. Okay. Uh, and that is, you know, just whiskey of some sort, typically rye or bourbon, depending on how you want to make it, and uh, bitters, water, and sugar. Uh, and the sling you might recognize from drinks such as like a, a gin sling or. Hmm. <laughs> See, I, I got nothing. Uh, all right. Uh, some geeks might even be aware that before the invention of bitters, cocktails were known as slings. So um, it comes from the German word schlingen. Uh, meaning to swallow quickly. Uh, the first time the word cocktail is recorded as being used in the U.S. was on April eight or April twenty eighth, eighteen o three, in a publication called the Farmer's Cabinet in the U.K. There's a reference to the cocktail even earlier in the Morning Post and Gazetteer in London uh, on March twentieth, seventeen ninety eight. Could be um, could cocktail be an English invention? Uh, the punch was after all and uh, not that any of it really matters anyway because the word cocktail has been misused for many years now it's used as a header for the entire category of mixed alcoholic drinks whether they're highballs punches fizzes or sours yeah so which is how i would probably have used a word (laughs) i usually you can be more specific and say like oh this is a cocktail and the rest of these are you know this is a sour this is a you know but it's a lot easier to use as a blanket term to describe everything uh and yeah so do we have any have any history about about any of this actually yes there is a bit of history um (laughs) there's a lack of clarity at least on the origins of cocktails traditionally cocktails were a mixture of spirits sugar water and bitters we we kind of beat that into the ground (laughs) everyone kind of knows that part but by the 1860s a cocktail frequently included a liqueur Ooh. Actually, most that I usually have include a liqueur. <laughs> uh, the first publication of a bartender's guide, which included cocktail recipes, was in 1862. How to mix drinks, or the Bon Vivant. Yes, the Bon Vivant's Companion. Yes, by Professor. Quotes. G- <laughs> quotes. He's a professor. <laughs> Jerry Thomas. Good news, everyone. <laughs> We're going to get riggedy wrecked. Way ahead of you. Uh, in addition to recipes for punches, sour slings, cobblers, shrub, shrubs. <laughs> I toddies. like a shrubbery. <laughs> toddies, flips, uh, and a variety of other mixed drinks were ten recipes for cocktails. A key ingredient uh, differentiating cocktails from other drinks in this compendium was the use of bitters, mixed drinks popular today that conform to this original meaning of cocktail include the old-fashioned whiskey cocktail, the Sazerac cocktail, and the Manhattan cocktail. Can't go wrong with Manhattans and old fashions. And all three contain bitters. They do. Hmm. Kind of staples. Yeah. I mean, that's according to that definition, that is a... It, it has to ca- have the bitters. That, you know, 
when I first started drinking, it's like, oh, I should try some some you know harder liquors. Let's try some cocktails. I had no idea what I should pick, and eventually I started like looking up and trying to figure out what these were. And then it's like, you should drink an old fashioned. Why? I mean, it's whiskey, sugar, and bitters. I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, the ingredients listed: uh, spirits, sugar, water, and bitters. Match the ingredients of an old-fashioned, which originated as a term used by the late 19th century bar patrons to distinguish cocktails made cocktails made the old-fashioned way from newer, more complex cocktails. Uh, the term highball appears during the 1890s to distinguish a drink composed only of a distilled spirit and a mixer. The first cocktail party ever thrown, and there's a lot of quotes, <laughs> uh, was allegedly by Ms. Julia S. Walsh in May 1917. Ms. Walsh uh, invited 50 guests to her home at noon on a Sunday. I mean, that's when I want to. That's when I want to get lit. The party lasted an hour until lunch was served at 1 p.m. The site of the first cocktail party still stands. In 1924, the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of St. Louis bought the Walsh Mansion at uh, 4510 Lindell Boulevard. And it has served as the location, as the local archbishop's residence ever since. The archbishop needs to get needs to hold a lot of parties. So. <laughs> the most Catholic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so during Prohibition in the U.S. Uh, in the United States, uh, but uh, nineteen nineteen to nineteen thirty three, the Dark Ages for the United States, right yes. there. Uh, when alcoholic beverages were illegal, cocktails were still consumed illegally in establishments known as speakeasies. Now, the quality of liquor available during Prohibition was much worse than previously. Yeah. Um, you, <laughs> it was getting shipped in by boats uh, if it was the good stuff. Hopefully, um, from uh, boats. reputable boats, trains. Well, yeah, you would Cars. jump off, uh, you travel out to the what it used to be like three miles offshore. They could they could basically smuggle it in from there. But a lot of this was being made in the bathtub. Here we get the you could go blind bathtub gin name. Uh, so you know it wasn't necessarily the best flavored stuff. Uh, so there was a shift from whiskey to gin, which doesn't require the aging process and therefore is easier to produce illicitly. Um, honey, fruit juices, and other flavorings serve to mask the foul taste of the inferior liquors that you would get by making it in your bathtub. Uh, sweet cocktails were easier to drink quickly, an important consideration when the establishment might be raided at any moment. So get it down quick. <laughs> like, oh, God, the revenuers. Chug, chug, chug. Cocktails became less popular in the late 1960s than throughout the 1970s until a resurgence in the 1980s when vodka substituted the original gin and drinks such as the martini. I think it's still probably a big thing now is that cocktails, uh, martinis are largely based on vodka now. Yeah, it yeah. used to, it was, the, it, was, it was the domain of gin, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know how much of that was James Bond. Uh, you have yeah. to think that some of it, yeah. Yeah, because like, you know, he's like, no, I need a vodka martini. Yep. Uh, chilled, well, shaken, not stirred. Yeah. Get into a whole thing about that. <laughs> uh, traditionally, the traditional style of cocktails began to make a comeback in the 2000s, and by the mid-2000s, there was a big resurgence of uh, cocktail culture and in a style typically referred to as mixology. It kind of draws on the traditional cocktails, but also revitalizes it with uh, novel ingredients and complex flavors. Um, right before the show, I was looking up some of the, what I guess holds the world record 
for the number of ingredients in a cocktail, and it is 71 Jeez. in, ni- uh, in uh, 2014. Uh, 71 mm-hmm. ingredients. Is that the garnish for a Bloody Mary? <laughs> that should be the garnish for a Bloody Mary. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing at that point? Like, what, why don't you just go grab something else to drink? <laughs> <laughs> what uh, the, They said that they narrowed it down from 100 and some odd ingredients because they wanted ingredients that worked well together. And uh, I guess when you're trying to balance 71 different ingredients, it's kind of difficult to do. The equivalent Jeez. of like when you're a kid and you're at a soda fountain and you make the quote graveyard. Or you yes. just yeah. The, Everything. You hit all the, the soda things. You're like, oh, this is garbage. <laughs> I did that when I worked at McDonald's. Blue Powerade <laughs> mixed with like all the things ever. Oh, jeez. Now the uh, – that said, they, they do make a graveyard. It's called a Long Island iced tea. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you have in the fridge. And Matt will drink when I make a uh, Long Island iced tea. A lot of quotes, kids. A lot yeah. of quotes. That's a... Uh... <laughs> it is literally just whatever. Just fill it in here. I just went into Coke. the bar and I was like, all right, I'm going to make you something to drink. We're going to call it a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> Didn't know. Is it just that we call that hooch when you're in the South? Like... <laughs> no. No, no. Hooch, hooch is different. Hooch is different. Uh but in terms of like actual known cocktails, uh, there's a few that I always like, you know, kind of think of. Uh, like I, I've mentioned, the old fashioned. It's it's actually my go-to cocktail if I'm like making it for myself. You'll need some. Okay, you can find a dozen different ways of how to make this. Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> um, so if you find one that you like, when you go somewhere, tell them how you would like it made because. Some places, when you make an old-fashioned, you'll muddle cherries and uh, oranges with a little bit of water and some sugar in there. As you crush that up, a couple dashes of uh, ang- uh, Angostura Angostura bitters. Angostura bitters, yeah. And uh, then uh, you'll put some ice in there, put a little bit of a uh, uh, put a couple, basically two ounces of of whatever whiskey you're choosing. Uh, now, here's the thing. Sometimes you don't use the orange. Sometimes you use the orange. Sometimes, like you just get the peel and you just put a little zest. Sometimes you just have chunks of fruit in your in your drink. I'm not a fan of a lot of fruit in my stuff. Yeah, no. I'm okay with like crushing up some some you know some muddling some uh, 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 cherries in there. But like if you have a whole slice of an orange in there, it's a bit much. Oh, I yeah, love it like that. Uh, I I typically will take it and I will uh, probably like. Just zest some of the peel on there, and I'll make like a little uh, 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 what are they called? Rimmet. Yes, or not even rimmet. Well, I'll, I'll rim it a bit, but I'll also take just and I'll leave the leftover in there. Oh, yeah, like I'll, I'll a twist. Shave. Yes, a twist. That's what I'm trying to do. A twist. Mm. That's that brain hangover. is not my brain is not functioning. Right. I think we're doing pretty well considering. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would I, just to interject with the since we're on the cocktail thing, um, we do have on our website on the resources page the link to the Modern Rogue playlist for their cocktails uh, the mixology yes. playlist very good they've very good some, episodes they've got some cool cool recipes that pop up on that because they, like they're there's this new craft cocktail movement hmm. that's been popping up the last couple years and you get and, fancy with it yeah <laughs> well like there's always been like the mixology where oh this is fancy but, like they're, yeah. they're like going crazy with like very specific ingredients yes. to, and i can get behind that to a degree it's yeah, which they kind of yeah they definitely do on a couple of the episodes that we watched of it. Is is the whiskey sour considered a cocktail or no? It's a sour, but so, see, that's the thing. Again, we're talking about it being just 
commonly, yeah, you would see it in a cocktail list. It's, yeah, I like I like the idea of any time you go into a bar, you've got basically four different drinks. You've got a beer list, you've got a wine list, right. you've got a, a liquor list. Just yeah, straight, straight yeah. liquor, however yeah. it's going to be. And then you've got a mixed drinks list, which I, I which would use. they'll call cocktails. I would use interchangeably with cocktails, whether yeah. or not it's the, the yeah. correct verbiage or not. Well, it's that, that um, what's the word? There's a word for like when the the common understanding of the word is more important than yeah. Yeah. Right. connotation versus denotation. Not exactly, but it's why you can get by with calling something Frankenstein rather than Frankenstein's monster. Everyone knows what you're talking about, even though you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, also on the list, something that uh, I like making is it, I like making for myself and for other people. I don't like making ten of these <laughs> at the same time. But mojitos. Now, now, do you prefer to have the mint slapped? Oh God! Is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, there is there is a, a theory behind it that to release the menthol from the mint before you muddle it, you got to slap the mint, spank the mint, spank, spank it, the mint. and which is great when the bartender had never heard of this and Matt asked her to spank the mint. Yeah, uh, she's like, well, "I'm sorry, what?" He he asked. Yeah, he that's asked, real good. He yeah. asked me to do that once, and I was like, "Yeah, sure," but I, go, I have to make all. I had to make all my drinks around the corner in this little well. And so I would just kind of like I put my hand out there to where he could see it. And I just went slap. <laughs> uh, but now mojito is a rum drink. Uh, it's uh, rum, uh, usually simple syrup of some kind. Uh, you know, you can do sugar and water if you want to go. Yeah. Wanna, you know, but oh, we'll just do it by hand. But it's a lot easier with like a simple syrup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and. Uh, uh, Crushed up mint, and you'll top it with some. Uh, you get limes in there. Limes. You'll muddle the limes as well, and then you'll. Uh, you can do two things. You can either do soda water, and then do a splash of sprite on top, or if you want to use less syrup, uh, and you're just in a rush, just pour sprite into it. <laughs> some lemon lime soda yeah. will will do good enough. Yeah, you know, in a pinch, just go screw it. See, mojitos are the one thing that I just can't. I can't because I just don't like. I don't like mint in a lot of things, mm. it's, you know, and I especially don't want to drink it because it just feels like I'm drinking, yeah, you know, it's a good summer mouthwash. Is what I is how I actually feel about it because like it's, it's hot, it's it's refreshing. Mm. I just if it's, and, if it's hot outside, it's yeah, refreshing because yeah. it's. I don't like minty drinks. Oh, yeah. I love it. it. It feels like I'm just drinking like um, that, that green mouthwash that like oh, scope. Yeah. scope. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Rum is the main ingredient in that liquor ingredient right yeah white rum or clear clear okay so white, white rum. rum okay because you're gonna want it to look clear it's gonna you're wanting it to look like it's a a you know some sort of lemon lime soda essentially gotcha mm. uh, but it'll have little and you leave all the mint and muddled up limes in the thing part of the appearance it has all this this stuff floating in there for for the you know for flavor and for, for it will do it without the mint <laughs> it wouldn't be a mojito then that's dumb. <laughs> it's like that sounds great. Just get rid of all the mint, alcoholic yeah, lime, lime rum. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> but it is a, it is a thing though. Uh, some some drinks when you're making them, like you just stir them. Sometimes you just build the the drink and you just go one layer, the next layer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mojitos are one of those you can if you want to make sure everything gets gets mixed in there pretty well. Shake them, but do it carefully because uh, yeah, you don't want to shake. Well, you don't want to shake the soda in. You right. just gotta lay it on top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but to make sure it gets distributed right, sometimes you'll you may want to 
stirring would be preferable to that. Though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, mojitos are, are are one that I do enjoy. Um, but if you're if you're ordering them, they are a pain to make Ooh. a lot of. <laughs> yeah, don't it's don't not order a th- it. It's not a thing that you can you can make a bunch of at the same time. Because uh, some drinks, some drinks you can just make a a large batch of it and just pour it out into multiple glasses. Can't do that with mojitos. You have to make them individually. Uh, next on the list, I want Casey to describe this one. So I have no idea what this the is. Gimlet, because <laughs> I know Casey enjoys gimlets. I do enjoy gimlets. So gimlets are, I mean, you can make them with either a vodka or a gin based. Um, one of the my favorite gimlets uh, comes from a, a bar in Lexington, and they do it with a little bit of uh, elderflower liqueur in there too, and, and I really like that. But um, you use gin or vodka. And you basically can do it on the rocks. It's it's so this five parts gin, one part simple syrup, which is a half sugar, half water mixture that you can boil up on the stove and then just throw it in. It keeps in the fridge for a couple weeks even. Um, and then one part sweetened lime juice. So you want to garnish it on the side with a lime, and you can throw it up in a uh, martini glass. But like with all cocktails, you can you can mix them up just a little bit and then throw in some extra flavors. It may not be a traditional gimlet at that time, but I like to throw in a little bit of elderflower liqueur and uh, on my gimlet, and then instead of serving it on ice, serve it on rocks and go that direction. Yeah, That sounds and, way too fancy when you just said elderflower liqueur. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what the, it's, there's, a, um, there's one particular really fancy. Your gimlet is a hamster. And it also <laughs> smells of elderberries. elderberries. Uh, that's that's one of my favorite like uh, liqueurs that I never, you know, I hardly ever get it, but it's it's amazing. It's one of those that probably doesn't take up a whole lot of space in someone's uh, someone's uh, uh, liquor cabinet. Saint Germain is the traditional yeah traditional mm. one out there. It is delicious. I've never heard heard of this before. Um, Bloody Mary is. One of my favorite hangover cocktails. Ugh. You get all your vitamins, all your minerals, and everything taken care of. It's it's less of a liquid, more of a paste. Yeah. It's uh, it's good on a morning like this one. Uh, the thicker the Bloody Mary is, the better, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of Bloody Marys, but mm. in fairness, my stomach can only take so much acid. And right. When it's like, no, we're gonna put salty tomato juice, and then we're gonna spice it and cover it in peppers. I just look at that and go, I can already feel that in like I can already feel acid just hearing that in like the back of my right. throat. Yeah, so basically the the biggest part of the mix. So it's a vodka, you do uh, like one part vodka to four part of a bloody mary mix. Um, you can get the mix over the counter, but try making it yourself once or twice, and it's really cool. Um, tomato juice, uh, lemon juice, Worcestershire sauce, Tabasco sauce, celery salt, and pepper. Um, definitely, if you like it a little bit spicier, you can throw in a little extra Tabasco sauce. And then also, if you do get an over-the-counter um, Bloody Mary mix, you can dress it up any way you want to by adding a little extra Worcestershire sauce, a little extra mm-hmm. Tabasco in there, and it's, it's, steak it's, sauce. It's easier to get a pre-made you know mix oh yeah and then just build off of that rather than trying to make it it all yourself because man it's not fun yeah (laughs) um we do we i used to to when i would make it at work there would be uh they would just use like an ocean spray buddy mary mix oh everyone seemed to like it actually really well and it's a the main alcohol is is vodka vodka Vodka. Uh, you can make uh it does change the name of the drink but you can make it with tequila 
It's called a. Oh God, no! It's called a bloody Caesar. Then. <laughs> uh, so I think one of the biggest things about a Bloody Mary is the garnish. Yeah, on no, a right. Mary. yeah. That's that's where you can go wild. Okay. So this is what I was telling them before the show. I am I'm a garnish minimalist. I need as little garnish to distract me from my drink as possible. Don't like umbrellas. Don't like weird, goofy stuff all over it. You don't want a cheeseburger to garnish it. <laughs> I don't. I don't want a. Uh, I don't want a a uh, uh, old fashioned with like an orange, not a <laughs> slice, a whole orange sitting on the side. Although I've done that to people when they said I need like I need to put an orange on this, and I take a whole orange, cut a slice in, and like don't take it out, just cut it, <laughs> set it on the glass, and go. There you go. <laughs> you know what I meant. Like, you asked for it. Uh, it's like, they want a ridiculous amount of oranges. And it's just that All right. the Florida orange juice commercial with the giant straw that they just <laughs> stick in the... And that's uh, actually the garnish. Yeah. But my exception to that rule is Bloody Marys. So some of the coolest Bloody Mary garnishes out there, like you said, you can put... Like, I've seen uh, I've seen someone that, uh, for some of the larger ones, they put, like, a whole fried chicken <laughs> on top of this thing. Four whole fried chickens? And a Coke. <laughs> And some dry wine toast. toast. <laughs> Traditionally, I think uh, the celery stalk is really the, the traditional and a, maybe a lemon wedge. But Usually what I would do, uh, celery is what I would normally do for that. But the, frequently you get olives. Mm-hmm. You'll want right. that on there. Uh, if you're wanting to be fun and making it for someone else, use, the, use some picks for the olives in your celery stick and make little googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, meats. You can throw meats on there, mm. like uh, pepperoni or salami, some bacon. cured meats. Bacon is really, mm. really good. I've seen good places that literally just dangle a strip of bacon on the side of it, too. I, I mean, that's quite all right. One of my favorite martinis of all time had a, uh, sorry, not martinis, but Bloody Marys um, of all time had, you know, some really cool garnishes on it uh, peppers, olives, all that good stuff. But it was the rim of the glass. So normally you would use, like, or you don't have to, but you could use, like, a salt rim or a sugar rim on a cocktail. Not necessarily on a Bloody Mary, but what they did was... No, they, they frequently ask for salted rims on okay. Bloody Marys. So, because um, they just go nuts when they start thinking about garnishing them. <laughs> so one of the, the really nice rims that I saw was the Mongolian or uh, what is the steak seasoning that you can get. Canadian steak seasoning, I think, is the generic name of it, or how did we get Montreal the, steak seasoning. Oh, I was trying to figure out how you got to Mongolia. Yeah, Montreal steak seasoning. Montreal. That's Montreal. Yeah. It was an Very M. different. I don't think Genghis well, Khan's group. I was like, I've never the, seen this before. I got the, the it at a, uh, what's the? BD's Mongolian BD's Grill. BD's Mongolian Grill was where I got it. So, wow. yes, um, it, it's the, the they cook rim. with swords. <laughs> they do. Rim, ooh, that sounds really good right now, actually. Yeah. Um, rim your uh, glass with a little bit of that, and it kicks up the pepper and also the saltiness, and it's a really good good addition in there. Hmm. All right. Um, next on our list, uh, I wrote Tom Collins because that's the most net recognizable one. Any Collins. Any Collins. Because it, it becomes a vodka Collins or a... a you can change up what it is, but basically it's, it'll be some some sour mix of some sort. Uh, it's usually just like a, a lime sour, you know, a lime mix or something. Hmm. Uh, but uh, it can be you know, any kind of stuff like that. But uh, we would typically use a sour mix, uh, some uh, uh, gin as the base alcohol for it, and you'll top it with soda water because uh, it's going to be a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more fizzy. Could be pretty nice for that, and it kind of fulfills that three ingredients or, or three ingredients in a cocktail. Basically, Ma- Mad Men gave me the best line for that, which is 
No, it takes three ingredients to make a cocktail. Two ingredients is an emergency. <laughs> uh, but uh, for uh, – I've also seen people like – because you'll usually garnish this with like a, a cherry and maybe like a lemon or an orange or something on there. Some sort of fruit, maybe a little cherry on there. I've had people who want to add like grenadine to mm. them as well. Mm. And you just try to f- – your best to float it sometimes. But I had a guy who w- wanted it like four or five drops of grenadine. And Very he was like specific. being super specific about how he wanted this to be, <laughs> and I wasn't even bartending that day. I was like, wor- I was working somewhere else in the restaurant. And they were like, I don't, I don't know how he wants this. He's being really picky, and I'm like, all right, let me talk to him. What do you need? Okay, I'll go back there, come back up. Here you go. Yeah, no, this is perfect. You just need to stay around and keep making me drinks. <laughs> I gotta be. All right, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had an anything Collins. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, uh, I've always heard the name, but I've never. I don't think I've ever had that drink ever. It's kind of like a almost a lemonadey, yeah, sort of drink. Oh, yeah. mm. be too sweet then. Uh, a lot of a lot of your your cocktails are typically yeah. A lot of the more popular ones are are sweet. I believe like the current stuff because that's where you're you're getting like you know oh margaritas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that's a cocktail that I can actually get behind if it's made in a traditional way. So when we went, we, we just got back from a little trip where I was able to buy a lot of limes at a really cheap price. So I got like 150 limes. Mm-hmm. Um, we juiced them all and burnt the ju- – like the juicer stopped three times so it could cool <laughs> off. But uh, we juiced them all, and I was like, now what are we going to do with 150 limes worth of juice? So uh, mm-hmm. we made margaritas with um, – I got some really good, like your your last episode, 100% agave tequila. Um, I listened to that and got some good 100% agave tequila and then used uh, simple syrup made with agave syrup, oh, um, which was really good. And then a, uh, a Contro, I think it was, an orange cognac liqueur. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And uh, mixed that up, shook those up with the lime juice, the fresh squeezed lime juice. Oh, that would goodness. be delightful. Delicious. Uh I always joke with in case of like margaritas and some of your other cocktails where there's a lot of other stuff going on. Usually if you're ordering it somewhere, they're just going to give you the cheapest, you know, well liquor they can. Uh, and it's usually okay because it's, it's, you're not going to notice some of the changes. Now, if you're doing a specifically crafted sort of one or like, yep. you know, in the case of this, it's like, okay, I can get behind that because you're also doing handmade. Well, I mean, if you're going to a restaurant and they're using just a boxed mix a, a, a con- from concentrate lime juice, yes. then you're not going to be able to taste the difference in a top-shelf liquor, and they're going to charge you 3 or $4 more for it. Uh, yeah, and then also uh, I had this to the list because it was sort of more of a breakfast <laughs> cocktail. I've had this. Mimosas. Yes. Yeah, mimosas, usually my go-to in the morning. Delightful. You like usually like before like every, every, day. every morning a yeah. mimosa. No, whenever we're on vacation or something. We, we would have had mimosas today, but you know New Year's got the best of us. We, we drank it last. We, we drank yeah. champagne last night. Drank all the the champagne. Uh, so you know that, that's how it goes. Yeah, we, uh, that's, that's champagne and orange juice for right. for those who don't. Know, yeah, um, there's a restaurant here. Of course, they're closed today, but uh, I don't know why they're closed. On, people close on Sundays. Um, it's called the Gruff, and we had uh, mimosas and Bloody Marys there, and they were some of the best I've had, and mm. it was de- delicious. Yeah, the it's one of those that I don't again orange juice. It's just it just pure bile in my right. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I, I, it's not that I don't like orange juice. It's just I know the price I'm going to pay for it. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, the mimosa is basically just a screwdriver where you use champagne instead of. And it really, uh, I'm I'm conflicted on the mimosa. I wish there was one more ingredient because yeah. it's a two ingredient cocktail. Yeah, mm. like now that's it. There are a couple that I didn't put on here, but I do want to give some honor, you know, some mentions to. Uh, you know the difference between a rum and coke and a Cuba Libre? Ooh, branding, lime wedge, lime wedge, lime wedge, uh, Cape Cotter and a uh, vodka cranberry. No, lime wedge. <laughs> Literally, there's a lot of drinks that if you just put a garnish on there, you you, you have a name. <laughs> and the difference between a Gibson and a Martini. Ah, onion, cocktail onion. Yep. Huh. I've never, you know, I've never done that one, but I've always been intrigued by it because I love onions. I have a pretty good allergy to onions, so I try to stir away. Really? It, well, it makes me sound like this. That's the, it gives ah. that sinus. But yeah, that sucks. Slowly kills Casey. <laughs> yeah. In addition to his tuberculosis. <laughs> You could probably put in another juice in the mimosa. Really, like, <laughs> he doesn't have TB. I cough all the time, but it's not TB. <laughs> it, just, it just sounds horrendous. He's got the consumption. <laughs> should hear him when he's in the shower. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. It's all that sign of stuff. All right, guys. We've been talking about cheeseburgers and whole fried chickens. It's I'm, lunchtime. It's lunchtime. I need, I need cheeseburgers and whole fried chickens. Okay. So, Do we want to talk a little bit about any of the, the drinks we've made today? today? Yeah, what well, we're throwing down now, let's... Let's go ahead and do that, I guess. All right. Let's pretend. <laughs> there was a sound there. Sound. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So Casey and Chris were drinking one thing. What have you guys? Yeah, so we mixed up some uh, some Bloody Marys. Um, I used a pre-made mix today and just uh, spiked it up a little bit more with um, – spiked it up just a little bit more with some of the, the – the pickle juice from the pepperoncinis that we used as a garnish. So um, I used eight ounces of the Zing Zang mix. It's sort of one of the premium mixes that you can get at one of our, our local grocery stores, which is pretty good. I actually do like the mix fairly well. Um, not the best mix that I've had. Uh, it's a little thin for my liking, but there are some good thicker mixes out there. Uh, two ounces of vodka, per, of course, because, um, you know, that whole hair of the dog thing. It, it makes a big difference. Uh, Shaken on ice and then just poured in a glass with on the same ice that I shook it in. Nothing really special. I just wanted to get the whole drink cold. Yeah. Um, and then garnished on the side was on spears with a uh, pepperoncini uh, pepper on there, a olive, uh, one different olives that we got from an olive bar. Uh, I have a problem. And then, <laughs> you do. He really does. And then uh, some pepperoni and some uh, salami. So, you know, a little light. I also, a lot of times, light. <laughs> like to go with asparagus, pickled asparagus spears is one of my favorites to put huh. in a uh, mm. martini, or I, in a uh, Bloody, Bloody Mary. Mary. I could see that because it's it, you could do that almost in place of celery because you have that nice big... Uh-huh. Yeah. The stalk. Yep. All right. Uh, and what assume, are the other two of you drinking? I was say, I assume you guys have enjoyed your Bloody Marys, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, the... I meant to grab a couple mixers before I left, uh, but work ran long. So I didn't have a whole lot of time. So I, I got in the car. We drove up here. And this morning, I'm like looking through the apartment going, there's going to be something I can make. Uh, and then I decided on, uh, I was like, well, I guess I can just go with the screwdriver. I have a little bit of orange juice in me. It won't, you know, won't kill me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I started looking through. There's like, there's some pomegranate juice in here. I wonder. And I was trying to go for a similar idea to a tequila sunrise which would be tequila orange juice and you would float like grenadine or something on top 
couldn't find any. Uh, don't like tequila, so I didn't want to use that. <laughs> uh, so I was like, yeah, we'll just use vodka. But I found the pomegranate juice, and I was like, oh, probably won't float, but I can give it a shot. We'll see what it does. <laughs> Sinks right to the bottom. Sure. <laughs> so I made what I'm calling a uh, a vodka sunset. It does have a nice coloring to it. I think I let mine get watered down a bit, though. Yeah, right off the bat, it's pretty good. By by now, it's gotten a little bit watered down. Mm. But uh, you got you could get like a little bit of pomegranate in with that orange juice, so it gave you like a nice sort of extra flavor there. I only used about an ounce and a quarter of uh, uh, vodka because mm. yeah, when I'm doing very... a, when I'm doing a shot, I don't want to go heavy. If I'm doing mixed drinks, I don't normally go for two full ounces unless it's mostly what the drink is otherwise yeah. if you're doing mixers it's usually a, a ounce and a half to ounce and a quarter mm-hmm. ounce and a quarter if you're in a restaurant because they want to save alcohol mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah that's that's what i've been i've been going through uh britney's gotten to try a little bit but yeah i'm still my stomach's also making horrible sounds her, and i'm just her hangover, <laughs> i haven't gotten in it her hangover cocktail today was a little bit of seltzer water yeah. <laughs> i've been like yeah let's uh let's let's go easy this morning <laughs> All right, I believe it is time to go get lunch. So, <laughs> noms. All right. um, I need noms. Need them now. All right. Well, um, be sure if you haven't, if you're just catching up on the newest episode and you maybe haven't backtracked, definitely be sure to check out um, the New Year's Eve stream that we did. Um, it managed to raise two thousand um, dollars, which was not just us, but well, the yes, whole, yes, whole whole event, not just us at all. Uh, they were they started at 4:30 a.m. Eastern time and ended at oh gosh was it 4:30 a.m. the next this morning yeah seven hours I think was the plan yeah yeah so into New Year's Day so um, but yeah the, the stream as a as a whole all the different podcasters and streamers who were on there um, raised two thousand dollars for uh, the Extra Life Children's Charity so that was awesome um, so be sure to check that out and and in addition to our uh, You're in Review episode, uh, if you haven't gotten to those yet. Um, so uh, make sure to subscribe and uh, get great resources like the Mixology Modern Rogue playlist we mentioned at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, you can also follow Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right. And uh, go ahead, tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, and uh, or just leave some general feedback. Uh, the email address uh, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. And guys, all joking and fun aside, we'd like to remind you: don't do what we do. <laughs> Please drink responsibly. Can't like, handle the competition. Hey, we we responsibly drank at home and didn't, and then just like passed out. <laughs> yes, we had one non-drinker. Responsible, yeah. yes. uh, and no one drove. Yes. No one drove. We had we essentially had a guardian or walked <laughs> dropped. That was the good thing. Yeah, oh, no yeah. one actually <laughs> would get, went outside the door. <laughs> Don't do that. You just if drunk in public is a thing, you can <laughs> still get in trouble for it. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So check us out in another couple weeks for the next episode. Uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. See you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.